All right, welcome to the Chaz Palmetary Podcast. It's 11 o'clock. It's Monday. New show today. It's a new show. We've got a great guest coming up. I'm not going to tell you who she is. That's right, folks. I have a she on the show. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about my show. We had a great, great show at the Town Hall. It was a classic. And now we're doing another one. Here it is October 8th at Springfield, Massachusetts, at the MGM Casino next week. All you big whales, you big gamblers that follow me to Atlantic City and Vegas, which I was the number one show in Las Vegas, I want to tell you, come out to the MGM Casino. That is October 8th, Springfield, Massachusetts. October 9th, Boston, Massachusetts, at the Emerson Colonial Theater. Big show there in Boston. At the Emerson Colonial Theater, uh, October 23rd, St. Charles, Illinois, in Chicago. The Arcadia Theater, Ronald Nestia, he does a great job there. Okay, November 6th, Long Branch, New Jersey. My wife's from New Jersey. Monmouth University Center for the Arts. That is November 6th, November 11th, and the 12th. I'll be in Pittsburgh for two shows, the 11th and 12th of November. That's the Byram Theater, Byram Theater. And, of course, Richfield Playhouse in Richfield, Connecticut. I will be there November 19th in Richfield, Connecticut. If you want to know where I am at a city near you, go to chazpalmentary.net. You can go there. You can get the card. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. I have new photos, too. The photos, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. These are great gifts for your children to inspire them to not waste their life. I even have original posters from the original show back in 1989. So come and see me at the MGM next week coming up. So I have a great guest. Not only is she a great actress, she got her start from a Bronx tale. We're not going to go into that because we said it before. You can... Check out one of the older episodes. She told us how she got the role. And uh, she has been working ever since. And you know what I always say? She showed up. Remember what I said, folks? She brought her son in for an audition, showed up, and she ends up reading for De Niro's wife and beats out everybody. 3,000 women she beat out were, uh, were reading for that part. She beat them all out. You got to show up. You've seen her on many shows Euphoria, Catherine, Catherine Narducci, Catherine, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. You're good. I mean, Catherine, I mean, I, I said all the shows you've done. I mean, The Irishman. Uh, uh, most you, recently, Euphoria. Euphoria, most recently, Euphoria, which was a great show. I think it was nominated for an Emmy, wasn't it? Yeah, not me, but the show. But the show Zendaya was. won. That's right. Zendaya won. Oh, my God, she won. Yeah, as she should. I, I mean, that girl is incredible. She was incredible. Absolutely really. incredible. And, I mean, now you're doing Godfather of Harlem. Now I'm doing Godfather of Harlem. And I hear, from what the word is out, you're out of the kitchen and into a... <laughs> well, yeah. I can't say too much. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. I get the cement shoes and you I get end the up cement shoes. at the bottom of the swivel. obviously, but... we, we work together on that, and you were just fabulous. Thank you. So uh, were no, you. No, thank you. Thank you. You were great. And uh, I'm really excited to see you on, with, 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 you know, with, uh, with Forrest and uh, Vincent uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio, who's a brilliant actor. 
So I'm looking forward to seeing you on that. Are you excited about doing that show? I, you know what? This season, I think I'm having a lot of fun. I like what they're writing for me. Um, they're, change, they're definitely changing it up. And yeah. I get to do um, a little more than what I was doing. Right. And that's something I wanted to talk about, too. Well, let's talk about it. Go ahead. Let's talk about it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, this is for all uh, the actors out there that are inching their, their way up. And it was, Is this men and women? For everyone. For everyone. Every, Okay, good. Every actor who still have hasn't had that, you know, their role like the, the their thing. role, yeah, or whatever, you know, where you can, like, all right, look, I'm on The Godfather of Harlem, but I've done so many other things. But this particular show, I sort of dip in and out. It's not like I'm one of the. I don't have my really my own storyline. Yes, like I'm Vincent D'Onofrio's wife. I'm Lucy Fry's. Stepmother, I'm a sub plot line, storyline. You're, you're co-starring. I mean, uh, co-starring. Yeah, and uh, it's fine. Let's, let's don't make it small. I mean, you're 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 a big thing in this in this thing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not making yeah. it small, but I'm saying like sometimes I feel like um, uh, actors have said to me, not just on 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 this show, somebody had said something to me, but on other things or movies, films that I have been on, yeah. like an actor say, well, I only have a little role, so like, you know, they yeah. make light of it. They make light of it, yes. And and I feel like that's a disservice to you, to, to whatever you're doing, the movie, the 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 the, the play, the, the the TV series, whatever it is. Right. Whatever you're doing, like with Olympia Giganti, I'm gonna just give me as an example. I can only talk about myself. Right. So I feel that when I first started, I didn't have much. I had little things I dip in and out, as I call it, right? Mm. But I still treated Olympia and Catherine, because you are the character and the character is you. I treat it as though I'm one of the leads. I <laughs> treat it as though I am just as important as Forrest and 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 Vincent, Vincent. and Lucy and the main players. Yes. You have to because you you are right. Everybody's right. important. You are, yeah. In life, everybody's important. It doesn't matter, right? So, you have to treat it as though you are one of the leads because then it would be more interesting. You come more prepared, uh, prepared, full bodied, right? But you also do your best work. I I feel that you. For me, when I have a little to do, it's more challenging. Yes. For me, as an actor, the lead when I have. A little bit to do. Yeah. I do a lot more work, right? Because I try to make an appetizer a meal, right? Right. Well, and that's why I try why. to make it more interesting, right? So yes. that I I could possibly stand out, right? You know, it doesn't seem like oh that was a little small role. I try right. to make every role interesting, interesting, whether it's big or small. Well, who said it was Lawrence Olivier? Said there's no small parts, only small actors, and that's what he said. You know, I mean, I think he was right about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's also how you look at it. Some people don't feel that way. They feel like if they have a small role, they don't put as much into it because they don't feel that yeah. it's as important or people don't care about that character because it's yes. a small role. They feel that everybody's focused on the leads, but that's not true. But look at your first role in uh, A Bronx Tale. You played uh, Bob De Niro's wife, and you were in and out, and people could say, gee, you know, I've heard people say that to me. 
for the one-man show and even the musical and even the movie. They say, you know, gee, you know, your wife, your mother could have been in it a little more. Right. And I hear that all the time. And I say, yes, you're right. But you know what? It's It works. And um, it was really the story of the three, the triangle, Sonny, the father, the boy. That's right. And could I have written the mother in more? I guess I guess I could have. But you know what? From A Bronx Tale, Catherine was so good in it that she had a career. Absolutely. You look at uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt had a very small role in Thelma and Louise. It's a small role. Right. It was the kid they picked up. Man, bam, he exploded Also from in True Romance. True Romance. He had Sm even a smaller role. Smaller role. And how great was he in True Romance? Yeah. So it's really, you're absolutely right, Catherine. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, that there really isn't a small part. No. And it really is how you look at it. You right. know, your perspective. Because some people will say, well, you know, I don't have much to do on the show, so it's... But that you know what? That's not a good way to look at it. If right. you get a small yeah. role, right, right, you get a smaller role, you got to treat it just as, as important as a lead role. Right. You have to put in your mind you're one of the leads because then you're going to show up like that and you're going to really bring something to and it. And bring confidence, yes. Stand out. Yes, you and know? I think that's great advice. How do you feel about women today in the sh in the business? Are there more? Are there better parts for women today in the business? Do you think, or do you feel any different with that? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, absolutely. I think so. I think there's more supervillains that are becoming women. I think there's more female, a lot more female directors. A lot more female directors. Yeah, I think uh, absolutely. We've come a long way with that. But yes. what is your feeling about what technique as far as acting goes? Do you have a certain technique? Did you study with anyone in particular that you uh, like? Well, I am a member of the actor studio, so that absolutely affected me. Yes. Um, and my acting, it took me to, I think it took me to another level. And in the way I approach a character, right. you know, um, it, I learned so much at the actor studio. It's yes, well, yeah, well, we both it's unbelievable. we're both members there, and it's a wonderful place as an actor and as a writer for me too. And I worked with Tom Waits. Um, he was, you know, Tommy Waits. Uh, yeah, I he met was him. My I acting know him teacher. Well. I don't know him well. Tommy Waits. Yeah. He taught me a lot. He was Juilliard trained. He's an actor studio member wow. forever. So he's classically tra trained. He's method. He's everything, and that's just how he teaches right. you, too. A little that's, bit of everything. Right, a little bit of everything. That's how I teach my... When I, I do a master class three times a year, and I teach them some actor studio, you know, some Meisner, some Stella Adler. You know, it's just my own technique. I kind of put it all together in my own. How do you feel about actors who have never taken an acting lessons, who are afraid to take it, and they just be who they are? You think they're doing himself a disservice, or how do you feel about it? Well, that? I remember when I did A Bronx Tale, Bob said to me, Bob actually paid for me to take some lessons wow. because I came <clears throat> right off the street. I never right. went to an acting class or anything like that. And then, of course, after Bronx Tale, I took it seriously, and I went for acting lessons classes forever. Right. But he said to me, you know, you should take classes because sometimes... Your instinct, you have really, really good instincts, and that's why you're here, but the instincts can only take you so far. Absolutely. 
So you have to have a little bag of tricks. You have to have a bag of tricks and training. Yeah, you have to have training. You have to have training. Right. You yeah. have to. I think that if you take class, I think it, it makes you definitely a better actor. I, I think that's a great answer, uh, Catherine, because you could be a great baseball player and then you're in the little league and you get to the minor leagues and you're in the minor leagues and you know what? But if you don't train and work with other people and get better, you're not going to make the major leagues. What do you think the most important? What's the first thing you teach your students? <clears throat> first thing, I, the first thing I teach? Yeah, what's the first thing you First do? thing is relaxation, to be relaxed. 100%. Is relax. You cannot be an actor unless you're relaxed. No, absolutely. I don't care what technique you use. I don't. Here are the three most important things in acting. Yeah, I want to hear. For me. Okay. I teach my I teach my students relaxation. Yeah. Know your lines pretty good, really good. Yeah. And listen to the other actor. Right. That's all you got to do. That's right. Now, the other stuff comes in handy for a lot of other things. But unless you do those three things, you can't do it. No. Yeah, absolutely. You can't do it. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. Yeah. And then from that, you can have playing yeah. opposites, uh, saying different ways, playing opposite on the line, uh, many different variations you could use, but unless you're relaxed. You cannot receive. Unless you're relaxed. Unless you're relaxed. Right. So you yeah. cannot receive. And really, you, you're not, if you're not relaxed, you're not really listening. And you're not real. And you're not real. You're, well, you're acting from here. You're not yes. acting from here. You ever see like... When you're looking at actors, you look. It almost looks like a documentary. Really good actors, because they're so like. Uh, yeah. You know, but then you get these other actors. You could see how tight they are. You know, it's like they're saying their lines, but they're they're not listening to the other actors yeah. saying his lines. He's like he's trying to remember his lines. Yeah. Can't do it. No, it's 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 sometimes though. I've worked with actors where you you're right you literally see that there's nothing going on <laughs> nothing nothing you don't feel anything right and I'm, you have to work with it unless the director you know in the beginning especially in plays when i was directing plays i would say i know what you're feeling but you got to relax you got to like and i would like almost do it for them right and that made it worse because they couldn't do it and i said okay he's a limited actor i mean in every audition but I always tell these people in my, in my master class when I teach how to audition, what a director wants to see is your emotional equipment. Can you go from A to N? Or A to, you know, even A to like F. Right. But if you can only go from A to A plus, uh, that's not good. So when you do, I have a question for you, doing a Bronx Tale, how long are you doing it now on stage? Bronx Tale? Yeah. 34 years. 34 years. How do you keep it fresh? That's a, that's a great question. I am so relaxed. And I'm so excited to do it. Every time. Every time. Every, it never gets old. It never gets old. Never. Because when I do it, I channel... It, it might be crazy what you're about to hear. I channel the forces, the spiritual forces... Whether it's whether it, it's got nothing to do with whether you believe in God or not God or or spiritual well, forces. acting is spiritual. It was very spiritual, and I channel it, and they come from up above, and they go through me, and I do it. And when I'm finished, 
I don't even know where I am, and it takes me about 20 minutes to calm down and then re- look at, really look at you. But for the first 20 minutes, I, somebody has to say, your, your dressing room's over there. Just walk there. Literally. Every time. Every time. I that's, kn- a, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. I, I, well, to play 18 parts, you have to be so relaxed and so channeled in 90 pages of dialogue. You have to be so... You cannot walk through something like that. And you can, it could never be like... And each performance is going to be... A little different. A little different. And do you try to make it different? Do you Sometimes. try to go for different things? Well, if I hear they're really laughing during the crap game, I'll keep the crap game a little longer. And I'll, I'll throw in some more ad-libs that I, wow. have, you know, that I have. Wow. If I feel they're listening more intensely, then I'll stay with the story more tighter. You know, it, you never know. You never know what the audience tells me. But the, it's 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 such. And a, you're in tune with them. I mean, oh. See, when you get on stage, to me, and I'm talking about for you, and for me, for me, when I'm, yeah. oh, I, I mainly only do the stage when I'm in the actor studio. Right. I've done one play, but when I'm in the actor studio, I'm on stage. It's almost like a. Um, I remember Estelle Parsons after I did a scene. I did Medea and. Shoot, they were just looking at. I turned around, like you said. I I totally left, left. my body. Right. I had I had an ex- right. I had a spiritual experience. Yes. So, I looked up and there was the audience, uh, the, the the members of the actor studio. Sorry, the members of the actor studio. And I looked up and I I it took me a minute to come back. Yes. For real. For real. Because I really left. It's to me. How is that not a spiritual experience? Well, that's the beauty that... It's keep, like the closest I am to God. To God. That is the beauty... Because it's a gift he gave you. It's a you. gift. See, and again, some people get turned off when we say God, and we don't mean that. And everybody... Well, God starts, is whoever you want it to God, be. God, whoever you want it to be. It could be your own instinct. It could be... But it's this feeling that comes from up above... It's like a laser that comes in you. That's right. And while you're doing it, you're going, Jesus, and you feel it. Yes. You say, and it's almost like the audience has a laser on you. And boy, when that laser's on you, you're acting and you're like, I am in the moment. That's right. The person I'm with is in the moment and this is good stuff. And it's everything we act for. That's why we act for that feeling. For that feeling. Now the time, sometimes it's not there. Yeah. And that when that laser's not there and you're on stage, especially theater, and you're digging yourself a hole and you're saying, oh God. And you're in your head. Then you're up here. Then you're up here in your head. Yeah. And then you automatically tighten up. And then that's when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. I felt like that a little bit. Um, I had an experience the other day. The scene turned out great. But, you know, when you go on hiatus and then you come back and, you ha- and you're not with your character for over mm. almost a year. Yeah. You, you know, you go from season one, season two, and you have all that time in between. And then you go back, you go, you forget. You're a little stiff when you get back. The, well, yeah, the next you forgot, season. You forget, and you go, all right. I and I had to kind of have that experience because I work very organically. Right. And if it's not, if I'm not feeling organic, it doesn't feel like I'm doing my job or I'm not, I, I'm just not completely tuned in and I'm acting. And I don't want to know I'm acting. Yes. I want to forget I'm acting. Right. You want to so, be, be honest and real. I want to be honest and real. And Olympia... You know, when I first got that role, organically, you talk about, well, what's my approach? Things 
come to me organically, like how they talk, how they walk, you know, what, what they wear, how they speak, you know, whatever. And organically, Olympia, when I read the script, when I got the script, I first read it, her voice was very low. It dropped down. I would just read it like that organically. And I kept, every time I read it, I kept reading it with this very drop down. She's very down there. Yeah. She's very, Olympia talks like that. Right. Because I don't know why. That was a spiritual thing. Yes. That came to me. And I'm like, okay, it's happened three or four times. This is Olympia. And I'm not able to do it without speaking that way. So it's channeling through me, Catherine, yes. and coming out as Olympia. I'm delivering this as Olympia through Catherine, right? right? That's when I know I'm in the right ballpark. Right. Now, when I went back for the third season, I'm like, oh, I'm not, it's not, I, it's not, I'm not dropping into it. I wasn't dropping into right, that right, voice. Right. It wasn't, I was trying to find it and stay there and it wasn't happening. And I had to take a minute, relax. Relax. Relax and drop into find Olympia again, keep reading the lines in my dressing room and say, hey, you got to find this. You know, it's important. You can't go, well, now I don't feel it. I'm not going to do that vice anymore. You got to stay consistent. Well, you were smart enough that, and you were pro enough to go, okay, let me find this where other people would just panic and tighten up, and that's terrible. No. And I have something that I do. I have my, if I'm ever in, when I'm here, and again, we're going to go back to the spirituality of acting. And it's whatever God, whatever you want to call it, spiritual forces, forces, right. higher power. Higher power. Um, right. When I feel like I'm here, I just stop. Even if I'm on set mm. and they're going rolling and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't get it. I can't find it. I look over and I see my 10-year-old Catherine. And I have that exact outfit on. When I was a little girl, I used to have this dress that sunglasses were connected to. Yeah. It was a little band. And I used to put my sunglasses. It came with the dress. Right. And I see my 10-year-old in that same dress. I just turn around and I look for her. And she's in the corner looking at me. Wherever I find her. And if they call me, they go, I go, wait a minute. Until I connect with my inner child. Yes. That makes me brave and fearless right. and open until I find her in that room and I see her and I go, come here and I hug her and she comes right. inside me. I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. She gives me everything yeah. I need. Yes. And it takes me out of my head and into my heart. Yes. That's great. That's beautiful. It really is. And then I and then I can do anything. And then I'm, you know, I have superpower. That's cool. Like. That's cool, like in psychiatry, and I'm not a I'm not a psychiatrist, of course, but I I've been in therapy for thirty years, so but that's like making peace with your shadow. That's like a shadow. It's a part yeah. of you. That's a part of you that yeah. you go, hey man, I need you right here, and come here, I love you. Yeah. And you're talking really to yourself. And you oh go, yeah. Okay, let's do this. What I do is when I'm when I'm a little like in my head, I go, all right, child, stop now. I go go back to the basics. I want you to relax more, know your lines, right, and just listen to this other actor talking to you. You'll listen. You'll 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 answer him, right. And then I go, whew, yeah, and I do it. Be open, 
And yeah. give yourself over. Yes. Give yourself over. That's the most important thing. You got to give yourself over. You have to yes. totally, if, if I'm yeah. not sure, I will look at the actor. And I did it the other day. Right in his eyes. Yeah. I really focus, laser focus, right. and give myself over and really listen to what he's saying to me. Right. I don't want to be standing by waiting to say my lines. No. You need to... Acting is reacting. Yeah, it's acting is reacting. And right. once you give yourself over and you trust the other actor, and I hand everything over to you... Yes. You're going to give something it's, back it's to me. It's not about me. It's about us. That's right. You. I know I'm going to be okay. Come on. Give me more. That's right. I want the actor to be incredible. Yeah, of course. Of course, if he's great, then I know I'll be good. Right. I love working with Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, well, Vincent. I feel like he's totally in tune Vincent, with, with me and how I approach. It's almost like we, we don't even talk about it. We, we never talk about like acting right he it's just like he totally drops in to the character and he's fully available fully fully available yeah he knows his craft yeah incredibly yeah incredibly and yeah. it's like you feel so safe that's another thing you have to feel very safe as an actor right you don't feel safe you don't yeah. feel like the other person is there with you right it does it throws you off or it makes you start acting Right. Yes. You know, Billy Wilder, who I got a chance to know, and I sat down with him, and we were at a party, and I said, oh, Billy Wilder, I got to pick his brain. Yeah. Something like it hot in the apartment, all these great movies. And we were talking, and I said, well, how do you feel about improv? I asked him about that. He says, you know, back then we didn't improv jazz. There was no really improv not much. Very, very little. He goes, we did actors, they did the script. And I was By like, the book. By the book. And it was really interesting when he said that. And I, and, I, and I said, well, any interesting things about you directing certain actors? And he said, Jack Lemmon. Oh, I love. Great actor. He said he was doing a movie. I can't. Might have been something like it hot. I don't remember. I think it was that. And he kept telling him, Jack, less, less. You know, a little less. And Jack brought it down. And Billy said, then I went to him again after the second take. And I went, even more. Less, less. Just bring it down. Jackson. <sighs> you know, you could see he was getting a little upset, you know. Yeah. He did it again. Again, Wilder said. Even more. Even more. Bring and, it and down. Bring it down. And, and Jack Lemon said, What do you want me to do? Not act? And he went, Yes. Wow. He went, exactly. Right. Just like that. And Lemon knew what he meant. Right. He knew instantly what he meant. What do you want me to do, not act? Yes. <laughs> it's important, too. You know, you rely on the actors, but sometimes you get directors, too, that all they really do is... I've had directors that just sort of... I mean, I guess they're trusting the actor and they don't give much direction. Well, except they, don't, they, don't, they come in to block. They don't know what to say. They come in and they block. They block. You, if you got somebody who's not really an actor's director, director yes. the most you're going to get is you're blocking or... Yes. Maybe a, a very little direction, like we'll try it this way, like little things. But if you get a director who really knows. says certain things to you and they trigger, they trigger. There's some trigger words. That's right. You go, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. 
I got it. It yeah. was really great. Um, yeah, as a director, I know as a director, I would love, I love great actors. Uh, I did a movie with Susan Sarandon. I directed her and Robin Williams and uh, Penelope Cruz. And I would just say little things, and they would go, oh, okay. And it was like, oh, shit. It was like having a secretariat, like a racehorse, that I could do anything I want, go left, go right. It was like unbelievable when you work. I mean, a, a director's dream is to work with great actors because you could ask them anything. Right. And right. if they trust you, they That's trust right. you. That's right. That's right. They like, trust Bo you. like Bob and Marty. Like Bob and Marty. I mean, come on, two of the best. It's like, yeah. I mean, you see, similar. Bob and Marty are very similar directors. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. They're both improv and right. do, you know, be real and mm -hmm. like, when you do, like television is different. When you did uh, Euphoria, you know, and, and you were great. Sam Levinson. Sam Levinson. Yeah. Was Sam an actor's director, you would say? I think so. You think so. I right. think Sam Levinson was amazing. Amazing, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I, that was a great, I mean, you were great on that. I mean, you just Thank you. came out and tore it up. Are you going back on that show? I, you don't I, know. I, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. What would you say, I know this is hard, I asked a lot of actors this, was one of your favorite, favorite things to do in movies or television? What would you say? I know that's hard. It's a, you know, I have, I have to always say a Bronx Tale because that was so special to me. One, I got to meet you, life now lifelong friends. And, right. and Bob means so much to me and Jane Rosenthal and... Right. and the love that I have for everybody that gave me, that believed in me, this person off the street, basically, and and gave me a chance because I don't think if I did that, I mean, I don't know, I can't say for sure, but yeah, Roxdale gave me my career and and helped me. And me too. I don't yes. know if I if I never did it, would I have gotten it with something else? Maybe. And, but I but I don't know. But the way yeah. it went, a Bronxdale gave it to me, so yeah. that always holds special in my like, heart. I, for that reason. Again, we talked about your career in the beginning, but what did you feel like when <laughs> you got the part? And I remember when you, I think Bob asked you, uh, when you were doing a thing with Bob and you sat on his lap oh. and he wanted to kiss, and you had to kiss in him. In the rehearsal. In the rehearsal. No, in the audition. In the when audition. When I had to come back, my call back. Yes, your call back. And I looked at you and I said, this woman must be freaking out. When he said, come here. Yeah, come here, yeah. yes. Because you ha he wanted to see how you. I have to tell you, it's it's it's. There is no ego in what I'm going to say. This yes. is going to sound so weird. When I was in that room, at first, for the first five minutes, I was numb. My face was tingling. The blood was up in my right. head. When I first got in there, and I sat down, and I I I, I relaxation. Instinctively, my instincts knew. If you do not relax, you are not getting this part. That's correct. You're gonna it up yes. because you are gonna be in your head and you're not gonna do what you did on your audition. Because I was very laxed on the audition. Right. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. And I said, give me a minute. He gave me water. If you remember, I went over there. He said, we're ready. And I got relaxed. Once I got relaxed, and this is where the ego. Believe me, it's no ego. That's no, no, I, it's all right. I felt like I was 
exactly where I was supposed to be. Yes. I felt like it was kind of natural that I was there. Like it yeah. felt like, oh, this is what my higher power, whatever, whoever that is, right. wants me to be right now. And he's lining up my journey with these people and the right people who I will get along with, they'll get me and I'll get them. Right. And this is where I'm supposed to be to go to be who I'm supposed to be. Right. To be who yes. I'm supposed to be, I have to be here today to go for the rest of my journey in my life. And I knew this had to be, I had to be right there at that time, a place in my life to go any further to live my dream. I had to be there. So I kind of felt comfortable and right. I felt like this is where I belong. But I remember watching it because I was in the room watching you and Bob. Yeah, of course. And I remember when you sat on his lap and I looked at her and I said, oh my God, is she going to be okay with this? But you were like right there. Yeah. And I said, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was like, wow. Wow. I, I said, and we, Bob and I looked at each other. I remember Bob saying, wow, she's so natural right and we both said bob i mean i mean because you were so natural you just can't you can't act that i mean you you were so street neighborhood you know that it, it was did did your mom ever get a chance to see your success did your no. mom no she died right before it you know what's funny i remember when bob said to me we're going to improvise that always stood out for me and that taught me a big lesson Till now. Yeah. When Bob said, we're going to improvise, I'll say something, you'll just say something. Yes. We're going to go off the page. Now, I didn't even really know what that meant. I had never right. acted. And I remember, I understood what he meant clearly. So when I sat on his lap, when he said, come and sit on my lap, right. I remember what he said to me. He said, Rosina, you are as beautiful today as you were the day I married you. Right. And he looked at me and I didn't say anything. I turned my head and I looked down. And then he said, come on, we're improvising. Why aren't you saying something back to me? Right. And I remember I said to him, because you told me to just listen to my instincts. And when somebody tells me I'm beautiful, right. I get shy. Right. So my instincts told me, don't say anything back. Because right. in real, like in life, when somebody tells me I'm pretty, I get shy. Right, right. So I didn't answer him. And it kind of felt like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, you were. And not, no ego. Yeah. I have to admit, uh, a few other roles, there were some questions on who was going to get it. But there was never a question after we met you. There was no one else that could say, well, I was up for that part too. No one. Wow. That was really, really legitimately considered. Wow. And we and we saw thousands of women. Wow. Thousands. I mean, I mean, it's an amazing thing, Catherine, that you that you got that. But more amazing is what you did with it. That's more amazing. I had Dom, I had Dom uh, Lombardozzi on. And I said, you had the smallest role in a Bronx tale. Smaller than anybody. Played Nikki Zero, and you became one of the biggest stars from yeah. that role. More than all the people yeah. in the Bronx tale. So, amazing. Well, this did. goes circles back to what I'm saying. So he took that role, and he made, he made an appetizer a meal. Because yes. he took it seriously, yes. and, and he was noticed, and he stood out. He stood out. 
you can't forget that role. Can't forget right? that role, right? So that's what you have to do when you get a small role. You have to really act like you have the lead role. You yeah. have to love that and and become one with it and and really channel right. that little role that you have right. and really make it shine. Now, now, how did you feel a little more? How did you feel about The Sopranos when you got that part? How, how did that happen? You just went in and read for him? Is that how I that? first went in for Edie's role. I read for, for that. Role. Yeah, I oh, read okay. for that. Yeah. And I think they were just using that as the template for all the women. I don't mm. know if that I was going really in for that role, but that's the role I read. And then mm. they offered me Charmaine Bucco. You know, they yeah. called me. They called me a couple of days later yeah. after I auditioned and offered me Charmaine Bucco. Did you enjoy your time on The Surprise? I enjoyed it because, again, they're lifelong friends too. You know, that doesn't really happen a lot in this business. No, it doesn't. You do no. something and everybody goes on their merry right. way. Right. Very rare do you stay friends with people. And um, we're all really very, uh, we, yeah. not all of us are really very close, but... Again, it's almost like how I feel about a Bronx tale. We all have this kind of a genuine feeling for each other because right. the show was so special. Right. We all bonded like a family, right. and you don't lose that. Right. We all stay in touch. We all stay in touch. Yeah. Wow. So I want to ask you a couple of questions because you said your mom and dad didn't um, see your success. No. Uh, and your mom, how old was she when she passed? Uh, she had a heart attack at 49 and died 49. at 50. 50, wow. And your dad was? He was 34 and he passed away. He passed away. Yeah. And when he died when at 34, we, we know what would happen, but and, yeah. and I'm sure you, uh, did I ever, did I ever He was killed. He was I killed. mean, I'm not ashamed of that. No, That's no, what no. happened and that was his life. Were, were you ever traumatized by that? I had a... Of course, it affects a little right. girl the rest little of our girl. life to lose and how old are you? the male how old, figure. How old were you at the time? Uh, 11. 11. And, yeah, you know, was, you, was you, your dad was in the life, right? No. But he was involved with the life. No, no. not really. No. No. Okay. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he just grew up around it, I would say, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just... So it, it affected you, but it had to affect you, but obviously... It affected me, yes. You you went through that, and you lost your yeah. mother at a young age? Yes, very young. You're a tough girl, Catherine. I don't know if it's tough. It's it's survival skills, and I just, you know, you're a tough always girl. look. I'm sorry. Listen, you're a tough girl. I just am not a pessimist. You've never been I'm a victim. I'm an optimist. But you're not a victim. You don't play victim, Catherine. I don't, I don't, I, how, I mean. You hear this, folks? Where'd you grow up? East Harlem. I grew up in East Harlem. You grew up rich, Catherine? Very poor. Very poor. Extremely poor. Extremely poor. Homeless for two weeks. Homeless for two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Sleeping look, in Central Park. Look honestly. where she is now. Look where she is now. Okay, why? Because she showed up. She showed up for that thing. I just, listen, right. I know that I always looked from, I would say, the beginning of um, tragedies in my life, because right. I've had many. Right. And things that affected me from childhood to my adulthood, right? right? As we all do, but I had quite a few mega, right. mega earthquakes. Yeah. But some people have a lot of tremors. I had 10 on the Richter scale of earthquakes. Right. right. It's how you look at it. And I always felt that life is 
at a young, at 10 years old, at 11 years old, from the day I lost my father, to my mother that would suffer from multiple nervous breakdowns. And I'm not ashamed of that either. That's my my mm. mom, I loved her. It, it, it's okay. You know, now they have all kinds of medication for it. Right, depression right, and all this right. stuff. They didn't have all that back then. You were considered, yeah, you know, Yeah, I know, my, whatever. My, my grandfather, yes. Okay, so I always looked at the glass half full and I always looked, I would, kid you not, I, I knew that there was something, something bigger and better, bigger than me out there and better than whatever it was I was going through in the future. Wow. At a very young age, I knew this. I yeah. knew that, and I had a very, um, I don't know why, I grew up Catholic. I lived right across the street from Our Lady of Montcalm, and I would, something, I would be drawn into that church at a very, at five and six years and old. In East Harlem. Five and six years old. And Lady of Montcalm was in the neighborhood. Yes. Is that I would go right into Montcalm Church at five and six years old when anything was going bad in my life. This is God's honest truth. And I would know that I would find solace in the church and I'd pray, oh God, stay with me. Don't let my make my mother come home from the hospital. Oh God, make my mother be okay, you know, after my right. father passed away. And I would feel, pray to the blessed mother, stay with me, stay with me. So... I would feel like I had these spiritual guides saying everything is going to be okay. Wow. And they would make me strong and make yeah. me know if I just keep going, there's, there's, there's something's going to be over the mountain. There's going to be something better. I'm just climbing up the mountain. But when I get on top, there's going to be something over yonder. There's going to be something over yonder. If I just keep looking for the light, look for the light. It keeps me going. It keeps me going. And I never stay in the dark because I don't want to die. And I don't want to just, my mother used to say, you know, if something bad happened to me and I'd come home crying, I'd break up with a boyfriend and cry or whatever. She goes, well, listen, what are you going to do? You're going to fall down and cry. Everybody's going to walk right over you and get to work the next day. Nobody cares. The world's not going to stop for you. So the world was not going to stop for me because my mother died. The world's not going to stop for me and feel sorry for me because my father died. The world's not going to stop because we were homeless. You have to keep going. You have to keep seeing the light and being your own ball of positivity. There's no cheerleaders behind you. You have to be your own cheerleader. And it's, it's things will get better, you know? So I don't look at anything that, anything that went, that was people would see negative in my life was always a learning experience for me. And I always just kept, kept going. I had no time to look back and cry. Mm. It's about survival of the fittest. It's about you learn through suffering. That's the only way you learn. You learn through suffering. There's not much I could say after that long monologue because Catherine Narducci summed it up. Catherine, you are an absolute joy to have on the show. Uh, Thank Seriously, you. you, I really enjoyed having you here. Um, you're really, you're, you're not only a, a great actor, you're just a, a great person. You're a great inspiration for people out there. Stop playing the victim, get out and show up who had some tragedies in your life. That's why I brought them up because it, it's not over. People, can, people could overcome anything if they really want to. 
Okay. Absolutely. You know, and uh, you are just a joy. Are you going to be, uh, you're doing something now? Are you going to be in anything soon that you would like to talk about? Well, the, um, well Godfather of Harlem. Godfather of Harlem. And yes. I have an art show coming up. Um, I'm sorry. we did. This woman is a hell of an artist. <laughs> she really is. I bought one of your paintings. Thank you yes. very much. And also, how could they see some of your paintings, uh, Catherine? Well, um, my Instagram, I have them in those little circles. I don't know what you call them, your little stories. On Ka Instagram. And your Instagram is Catherine Narducci? Just Catherine Narducci. Um, and that's it, just my artwork. And I'm having an art show, and Godfather of Harlem will be out, I guess. Um, soon? Soon. I would say January, maybe January, February. That's fantastic. And uh, that was Catherine Narducci, and I hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget, uh, the 8th, the 8th of October, October 8th, Springfield, Massachusetts, I will be at the MGM Casino. Try to win some money, all you will. Just come out there and come and see me. All right? God bless you all. And if you want to know my site, come see my show, chaspalmentary.net, chaspalmentary.net, and you'll see my show. God bless you all. See you next Monday.